everybody, and welcome to another beautiful Thursday morning. You're listening to Bhavani at IE Green on the Progressive Radio Network. And I have a great show for all of you today. Brett Coleman will be joining me. He is the founder of AgriHood Living. And I'll tell you more about that in just a little bit when he comes on. But first, I want to share with you things going on in the news, uh, ways you can take action, and of course, share my weekly recipe with all of you. So first, um, this week in my newsletter, I wrote about summer, which is around the corner. You know, St. Patty's Day is next weekend, and that's typically the time you want to get your sugar snap peas and snow peas in the ground if you live in the Northeast, um, in the area on Long Island where I live. And yet right now, as I look out the window, there's snow on the ground. So that happens often. So we'll see what next week brings. Um, a little snow covering can insulate the seeds and they will survive. But if the ground's too hard, obviously you can't get the seeds in the ground. So, um, and the ground has been hard and I have a lot of prep to do before I can actually put some seeds in the ground. So um, we'll see what happens. But I did put a call out for the first of the year for interns for the summer. Um, every year during the summer, I take on about four interns to help me with my garden and also to help table at the local farmer's market to raise awareness about the Slow Food organization that we have in our local area. And Slow Food is a great organization. I haven't talked about it recently, but it's about good, clean, and fair food. And they support everything that I care about, about where your food comes from, how it's grown, um, the type of seeds that are used, uh, biodiversity, protecting the soil, um, and the livelihood of the people working on the farm, not, not just the farmers, but the farm workers, and um, every aspect of how that food gets to your table. So Slow Food is just a great organization. I actually just heard that they are going to have their um, annual or biannual <clears throat> Terra Madre um, which is uh, Mother Earth. They're going to have their festival in September, from September 23rd to September 26th. And I have gone before. I have been a, um, a slow food delegate. And it's a wonderful three days immersion in Turin, Italy, that I suggest for anyone to go to if you can. Um, it's just a really great event. But anyway, um, I put out a call for interns to help me with my garden, tabling. Um, in the past, we also usually have some school groups come through, some Girl Scouts. Um, we have a pool here, so we you know, spend a day working in the garden. We cook them a healthy, organic, vegan lunch, and kids can play in the pool. And so I have lots of things that I enjoy doing over the summer. We'll see what we are allowed to do this summer after two years of COVID, but I'm really hoping things are starting to feel like they're going back to somewhat of a normal normal before COVID reality. And um, if you are interested in the internship, usually it's you know two to three days a week for four or five hours each time, um, depending on what we have going on. And I'd love to have Anybody who's curious, wants to learn about organic gardening, to learn from a vegan chef. Um, every 
time when we get together, we prepare a vegan lunch together and sit and share food. And that's also what slow food is so much about. It's about um, sharing food around a convivial table. And so um, if you're interested, please send me your resume. Um, I wrote about um, also the Long Island CSA Fair, which is coming up on March 26th. And CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. And we'll be talking about that in the show as well, I'm sure, with my guest, Brett, when he comes on. But community supported agriculture is one of the best ways to get organic, locally sourced, um, fresh, harvested vegetables into your kitchen. It's really a partnership with the farm and the farmer. And um, it means you're also sharing in some of the risk. But the reality is around here anyway, most people have irrigation and have um, ways of keeping their farms really well um, well supplied. So if you are interested in learning more about community supported agriculture, come on out to the Long Island Community Supported Agriculture Fair. We also have arranged for some food trucks, some music. And last year we had a knife sharpening truck and Mike's knife sharpening is coming back. So if you have knives that need sharpening, bring those down as well. And you can take care of that all at one time. Uh, this past week, um, there was a protest on Tuesday up in Albany. It was organized by New York Renews and the Long Island Progressive Coalition and um, Catskill Mountain Keepers and lots of other grassroots organizations that work to raise awareness about climate change and trying to get <clears throat> our legislators to do the right thing. And so there are about 450 people, I think, that um, went up to Albany, which is you know far less than pre-pandemic times. Um, I used to always go, and this year I couldn't go. But anyway, when I tried to find out information about it to include in my newsletter, the only thing I could find was kind of disappointing information about this banner that some senators had up there that they stood behind about climate change. And the typography that they used in the um, climate change poster was an airplane that said climate change on it that was heading for the World Trade Centers. And it was just done in bad taste. I mean, climate cri the climate crisis is real, but it had nothing to do with 9-11. And so um, <clears throat> unfortunately, that was the news that everybody was, it seems to be talking about. But the protest in Albany was so important because it's asking our New York state legislators to put aside $15 billion into the state budget to fight climate change. And I'm sure all of you know that we have the um, New York Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act that was passed last year that we need to fund. Um, you know, that, that act makes lots of statements of what they're going to do by 2030 and by 2040. And, you know, those dates are right around the corner. And if we don't prepare for them now, we are going to come up short. And I'm sure many of you heard that the United Nations climate um, panel met last week or the week before. And they said, we are really running out of time. We need to take this seriously. And it just doesn't feel like our government is doing that. I mean, certainly President Biden is trying on some level, but he's up against, you know, half of the country that's not trying. And so 
it makes it really hard, really, really hard. And so we need to all, you know, do whatever we can, sign those petitions, show up at the protests, raise awareness about climate change. I mean, I don't even think you have to raise awareness. I think we just need to make people do action at this point because the awareness is there and we know that we are um, losing time. You know, the they talk about 1.5 degrees Celsius of the change that that can do and sea level rising. And I live on Long Island. I mean, you know, it's an island and there's a lot of coastal land that is just going to be covered with water in the next few years if we really don't do something about it. So um, please, you know, do whatever you can whenever you see an opportunity to show up, show up, sign anything that comes across your desk that you can sign and write letters and do whatever you can to help, um, you know, conserve energy, um, move us towards renewable energy and away from fossil fuels. And of course, we are all watching the horrible um, war that has broken out in Ukraine. Um, it is just devastating and so scary at the same time because we want to avoid a World War III at the same time, we want to help the people of Ukraine. And so as a foodie, you know, I really am trying to focus in on getting some food to the people there that are displaced. And so um, when I was researching how to do that, I came across AGO, AGO which is um, uh, Agricultural Foundation. It's a private foundation. And their mission is to um, feed the world through sustainable methods. And they're a private foundation with a vision to prevent and relieve hunger through sustainable agricultural development around the world. And this week they announced a $100,000 donation to the World Food Program. And the donation will support the United Nations World Food Program emergency relief efforts. And so I have a link on my website to share the meal which is, um, which will donate directly to the United Nations um, World Food Program. And so if you would like to help the families in Ukraine that are displaced, that have no food, no heat, no water, nothing, um, please consider making a donation to share the meal or somewhere else that you feel moved to, um, to make a donation with. And now I'd like to share this week's recipe. Um, I came up with this recipe many years ago. It's not unique just to me. Um, if you go to restaurants that are trying to cater towards um, vegetarians and vegans, you'll see scrambled tofu on the menu. This is scrambled tofu with vegetables. Um, it's a very flexible recipe. I love flexible recipes. So what that means is you can really put whatever vegetables you have in the house into it. Um, it's not you know, a rigid recipe, which most of mine are not. That's one of the reasons I'm a more of a chef cook than a baker because baking is really a science and you really have to do things exact and accurate or your cake's not gonna rise or your cookies are not gonna be crisp or whatever. So um, cooking is really much more free than baking and you really can play with the ingredients. And so I wanna invite you to do that. But this is what I did. I These are the ingredients. One large onion that I chopped, two small potatoes cut into quarters, one minced garlic, or one teaspoon of minced garlic, one carrot, one parsnip, 
Um, and I use the parsnip just because that's what I had in the house at the time. One and a half cups of broccoli florets, a half a red pepper chopped, one zucchini diced, a half a block of extra firm tofu, um, some olive oil just for um, greasing the pan, a half a cup, I'm sorry, a half a teaspoon of turmeric, a half a tablespoon of tamari, salt and pepper to taste, a tablespoon of chopped fresh dill if you can do that, and then two tablespoons of fresh chopped parsley. And fresh herbs just always add so much to a dish. So, um, you know, I had dill and parsley. You could also put cilantro in there if you wanted or some fresh tarragon, whatever you have in the house or whatever you're craving. But dill is, you know, a really great um, herb for eggs. And so here's scrambled tofu, which was kind of mocking that scrambled egg breakfast. So you're going to start in a small pot. You want to Either boil the potatoes for seven minutes or you can steam the potatoes. You can put them into your air fryer. You can put them in the oven. However you want to pre-cook the potatoes, um, do it. If you have a leftover baked potato in your refrigerator, that works as well. Um, while the potatoes are cooking, you're in a large skillet, you're going to saute the onion, the carrots, and the parsnips in some olive oil until they're soft. And the carrots and parsnips can also be steamed first if you want to. Um, to make that go quicker. And of course, the smaller you dice them, the quicker they'll cook up as well. And you're just gonna cook those up until they're soft. Um, that was about 10 minutes. Then add the red pepper, the zucchini, broccoli, and garlic. And continue cooking that for a few more minutes until they start um, getting soft. Then you're going to cut up the potatoes into small pieces and add those to the vegetables. Crumble the tofu into the saucepan. And, you know, just crumble it with my hands, um, add the turmeric, the tamari, the salt and pepper, and cook that for five minutes. Um, add the fresh herbs, salt and pepper, and that is it. It really comes together so quickly. Um, again, like I said, be free with it. You know, if you want it to be more like a jueves rancheros, add some chipotle pepper, add some chili powder, add some cumin, um, you know, so, you know, if you want it to be more of an Italian dish, add some more oregano and um, basil and some diced tomatoes or a can of fire roasted tomatoes. There's so many different ways you can go with scrambled tofu. But if you're vegan and you're not having eggs, scrambled tofu is really a great dish to make in the morning if you're just craving that brunch type of thing. And that's it. Um, of course, if you make it, let me know. I love hearing how it is for all of you. And now it's my pleasure to introduce all of you to Brett Coleman. Brett Coleman, along with his wife, Lena, are the founders of Agrihood Living, which is a website devoted to communities centered around the farm to table lifestyle. Brett graduated with a degree in communications and entered the fitness industry, which eventually led him to the world of healthy cooking shows. Um, his wife's background actually was in the motion picture industry where she worked as a well-known stunt woman for several years. And then for 15 years, Brett and Lena worked together as product reps for Kitchen Craft Cookware, which um, allowed them to um, have the opportunity to experience healthy lifestyle choices um, and cooking shows. And about four years ago or so, they saw a special on CBS about uh, agri-hood community outside of Atlanta called Serenity. And um, Brett's curiosity at that point was sparked. And so I'm going to let him tell us about 
the story. So, Brett, are you with me? Yeah, can, can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Thanks oh, for good. joining but, me today. Yeah, but I got to tell you, you got me so <clears throat> interested in that tofu scramble. I might need to take a quick break and go make it and come back and jump back on the podcast. That? So, <laughs> well, it comes that together really delicious. quick, so, so yeah. you can make it for uh, lunch when we're finished. I will. You got it. It sounds great. And I like, I like it, how you have that... Um, internship program going on up there you got a lot going on a lot of great stuff so thanks for having me um it's, sure. it's been it's been exciting it's been a, it was an exciting journey that agrihood tour was fantastic uh, well let's been, start let's start by telling us a little bit more how you heard about it i mean i just told everybody that you saw a special on tv but what got you really excited about the concept yeah, well like you said um i was i usually watch cbs sunday morning um on Sundays, I think it was seven o'clock, and it was like something hit me. They said, "Well, next up is a farm to table community, or something like that." Something that you know got my interest. And when when they started showing it, how the how the farm was the focal point of the community in the neighborhood, that really got my attention because they had shown some kids out there picking their vegetables for the week, and we just had our son. He was just recently born around that same time, and I was thinking, what a cool concept. You know what a great way to raise a kid or children in, in an environment that's, you know, health, health conscious and 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 helping I guess sustainability is what it was all about. You know that really sparked my interest, and I told Lena about it, and we kind of talked about it a little bit. But you know, being a pregnant wife, a wife, and not having seen the program, and she's been a little tired, and she's kind of asking questions I didn't really have answers to, and I didn't really. <laughs> you want to do what you want to go live on a farm where in georgia what are you saying i said okay we'll talk about it another time so I where were you I where were you living at the time we were in we were in arizona and she says what do you mean you want to go live on a farm in georgia what's going on so i just you know i kind of we were in arizona outside of phoenix and um Serenby was this was the community they were talking about on that special so i you know i kind of lightly introduced her to it and talked about it and it went on for a couple of years. The conversation really get ramped up a couple of years later when I said, you know what, I can't shake this. I, I still really can't shake the, what I just saw, what I saw in that uh, TV program. I've been doing some research and I really want to sit down with you and, and, and really get you uh, on board with this. And once she really realized what it was all about, that was it. We were just like, okay, let's do this. So um, like you had mentioned, our Kitchen Craft Cooking Show took us all over the country in, a, in our visa, in our motorhome big diesel pusher motorhome so we're able to travel the country doing those shows and when i said to her i said look at why don't we do this why don't we build a schedule so in between our cooking shows we can actually hit some agrihoods we'll hit some turned into be 21 agrihoods eventually uh with 7,000 miles in 11 months so we saw a lot of different communities and it was amazing and an amazing journey i think we really hold the record for seeing the most agrihoods as a family in, in that amount of time but uh -huh. it was it was fantastic it was a great journey. Um, so tell us about the different styles of agrihoods. And, um, you know, the, are, are they all focused around the farm? Um, do they, you know, do they have their own CSA type of thing? Or does everybody work the farm? Or are there, I'm sure there are all different styles of agrihoods. There are. So an agrihood is, you know, if you look at a, our website, pretty much we put a lot of time and effort and money to that website. So agrihoodliving.com pretty much, you know, when I, when I was doing my research, I had to pull from different, different 
websites and different uh, sources of information. So I put all that together in one website, agrihoodliving.com, which kind of explains it. I'll give you a quick overview is that these neighborhoods, Serenby was pretty much the one that initiated all this. Um, and a lot of the communities who came up afterwards use Serenby as a soundboard or a model to how they wanted to you know, build their communities. And after seeing all of them out there, there hadn't been one. Serenby is definitely unique in its own way. They have their own town, the restaurant, ice cream shop. It's all right there. And Chattahoochee Hills is basically about, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour outside of Atlanta, Georgia to be on traffic. But it's unique in a sense that you can build any style house you want within reason and, and with taste. Whereas the other ones, you have to pick for models. You know, your model homes are, are lined out for you. That was one unique feature that Serenby offered that we hadn't seen anywhere else. Um, and having their own theater in, in, in the community and all the different amenities, schools and all that really set itself apart. The other ones were beautiful, had a lot to offer, um, but that Serenby, like I said, was, the, was, was unique in its own way. And as far as CSAs and all that go, what we learned is that if you wanted to be part of the farm, you could work off, work off volunteer your time, but in, in, in exchange, you would get your produce. You would get your, uh, whatever mm -hmm. they were growing that season would be part of that compensation. So uh -huh. you, didn't have to, you didn't have to work the farm, but it was nice that they offered that to you as, as an option. I have more questions about this Serenby one. Is, um, I'm, I would think that there's a limit to how many people could be there. Is there, you know, is it overgrown now? <laughs> like, is, it, is there a waiting list? Can anybody go? How, do, how does that work? Is there, do they have a board, you know, that, um, that vets the different people that are interested or can anybody go if you have money to buy the house? How does that all yeah. work? Yeah, yeah, money to buy the house. Basically, it, it, it's a, like, it's a neighborhood. Uh, at the same time, it's, they, they have, I don't remember how many acres and acres and acres upon acres they have, but they were just, you know, certain, certain phases build out and then they start another phase and Serenby has, uh, is, is so much room to grow. So yeah, I, I, we didn't, we didn't feel that there was any shortage of land or housing opportunities at that one. Um, so did somebody purchase a huge swath of land and then donate it to the community or... How, do, oh, he, how does Serenby yeah, own all this land? Oh, the developer, I, I believe, he, I'm not sure if he has any partners or not, but he was in the restaurant business for many years. Uh, and and uh, he had this concept of making that a farm-to-table community for his family. And when they did that, it just took off. It was really a, it was a great idea that he came up with a great concept that, that got a lot of attention and people got on board with it. A lot of retirees down there. You know, a lot of people who are empty nesters, kids moved out and they had the, the big seven, seven bedroom house with the, you know, swimming pool and all that. They said, let's just downsize and go somewhere where it's more sustainable and more uh, community oriented. And they had the, where they have the, their own market market neighborhood. The, they have the food trucks that come in on the weekends. They have the, you know, the, the live music and so on and so forth. Everything is all inside that community. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And um, did you personally or Lena have a connection to farming and growing your own food in the past? No, but, you know, like you mentioned earlier, that the healthy lifestyle has always been part of our 
part of our own personal lifestyle. And that's how we got, and that's how I was in the in the uh, fitness industry, and then eventually the cooking shows, and then this kind of was just like another piece of that puzzle that just made sense. So, as far as farming, you don't have to be a you don't have to be a farmer or even ever have gardened prior to this, but the idea of having that type of accessibility to organic fresh food on a regular basis that was a huge draw for us and 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 on top of that they have all the different activities for kids i mean we went there for halloween and if you check out the video of sarah and b on our website our son cash was dressed up for halloween he went out trick-or-treating and prior to that there was a bunch of kids out there playing in the in the park it was just a great great way to bring people together mm -hmm. yeah it sounds amazing um so was Serenby the first community you visited? No, it wasn't. That wasn't the because we were on the when we started this tour, we were up in Oregon, and uh, Pringle Creek was the first one we saw. Um, Pringle Creek up in Oregon, we outside of Salem. That was the first one we hit, and then we just built our schedule from there. Uh huh. Um, wow. I, I love the whole concept. You know, you hear so much, you know, you go down to retire in Florida or, you know, South Carolina, and there's all these communities that are built around golf courses, right? right. Now, golf yep. courses, unlike an organic farm, golf courses spray pesticides. Um, you know, there's so many chemicals that are put onto the land. I actually had a friend whose um, his family lived in my town and their backyard was is shared the fence with a golf course. Every single family member died. The last one just a few weeks ago from cancer. Oh, um, all different kinds, but all of them had cancer. And I'm convinced it was from the golf course. That's awful, People don't think about that. You know, they spend hours out there walking the beautiful green grass and they have no yeah. idea that it's toxic. So, yeah. um, you know, the idea of building a community around something healthy, um, mm -hmm. you know, that also can give you exercise, you know, really, really is intriguing to me. Um, so after Oregon, tell us more about your trip. Where else did you go? And um, share with us some of the other um, agri-communities that you visited, that ones that you really liked a lot and ones that didn't appeal to you as much and why. Yeah, you know, I guess it's a personal preference. It's, I get, I would liken it to, um, you know, going to a restaurant and having a different selection of menu items. It's not, there's, I don't, there's something for everybody, I believe, out there. There's something that's very, very family kid oriented to, some, to, to another one in West Virginia called Bandoran Farm. That's not, for, in our opinion, you know, kid oriented. It was you could where you could have five acres of your a house and not see your neighbor and have the rolling hills and and yes there was a nice restaurant out in, not too mile, not too far away and a winery but that in our opinion wasn't that didn't fit our lifestyle because we were obviously looking for something for our son and there's right. that end of the spectrum to the complete opposite and there, and and things in between so there really is an agrihood I believe if that's your thing if that's your lifestyle if you're interested in that. I believe it's something that could fit your lifestyle um, somewhere between, you know, one end of the spectrum and the other. And getting back to what you said before, I forget because I have a tendency to do that. What you had said about the golf courses, funny you mentioned that because when these big developers start off, they, th they, they thought they would target the millennials because millennials from doing their research were not interested in their, in their parents' golf club. I'm sorry, a golf course 
or clubhouse. They wanted to trade it, trade that out for a working farm. Well, they realized that millennials were, and they, they, they like being proximity, you know, close to their neighbor. That's okay. Um, they like the family feel. So that was a huge hit among the millennials who want to downsize and, and, and have, don't need a lot of excess stuff. Just give me the functionality of, of, of the neighborhood that's going to work for our lifestyle. So when they set out to do that, well, like Ross Pro Jr. Uh, has a place uh, in, in Texas, outside of Argyle, Texas, and it's Harvest by Hillwood. And that's a beautiful property. Great, great, big, we saw that one. I would say this too, in Texas, you're gonna see a lot of, I, in our opinion, you get a lot for your money in Texas. They had a lot of uh, options available where we didn't recognize in other parts of the country, getting more for your money in Texas than, than we have found anywhere else. And, and to finish off, what I was saying is that when they started that, when I saw the trend of millennials, then they recognized, well, wait a minute, not only are millennials interested in this concept, but you're also now getting, like I had mentioned earlier, those empty nesters who, are, are, who wanted to downsize, the family's gone, and they like the whole idea as well. So there's a variety of different agri-hoods out there. Farm-to-table lifestyle is very appealing to many people, especially nowadays, the organic boom, uh, people wanted to know where their food's coming from, raising their kids in an environment with other healthy, like-minded kids, want to see the process of how the food goes from the farm to the table, not just go to the grocery store and, and, and pick it out. So it's a whole educational lifestyle that ties in to a lot of people's beliefs right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell us more about the road trip, because you know that just appeals to me so much. Um, one thing I did notice when I went to your website is that there were no agri-communities up in the Northeast. Is that because of the climate? You know, there is one up there in the Northeast. Vermont has one. Um, and I made a note in my, I made a note. We were going to get up there. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, yeah, go to, go to uh, Vermont. Are you in front of a computer right now? I am. I'm not going to do it now, but tell us. No, it's okay, but if you are, it's called Burlington, Vermont. It's called South Village. Uh, that's an aggregate that uniquely combines farming and residents. I'm just, I took a little snippet here, providing a great experience for many residents, uh, visiting the chickens, a favorite pastime for many young and old alike. So yeah, Burlington, Vermont, that one's built. South Village is the only one we had found up in that area, and it is built out. I'm not saying that there's not houses that come and, come and go in the market, but they're completely completely built out. Whereas other ones we visited, a lot of them are still being built. Right. Yeah, I would think so. It seems like um, a newer concept. I hadn't he heard of it. I guess I heard of it a few years ago when I first reached out to you. Um, but it must be growing because it's such a important step, I think, for our time. You know, as you were saying, you know, so many more people are looking for more of an urban lifestyle. They want to be around people. They want the buzz of family and community and feeling um, that they're not isolated. I mean, you know, more and more as I um, as I write about health, you hear about loneliness as being one of the biggest causes of illness. I mean, people, yeah. you know, people who are lonely, you know, especially when you get older and you don't have as many of your friends still around. It's a real issue, and that's why seniors 
senior living centers sometimes can be a good thing for sure. someone if it's a good place, not a bad right. place. Right, right, <laughs> um, right, right, right. But I think you know this idea of being able to be within community, be have access to a city, but create your own village of like-minded stores. Like I would assume, you know, Serenity, you know, if they have a restaurant in the town, it's going to be a healthy restaurant, right? If they're around yeah. an organic farm, um, right? You know, and then the ki- all the kids. I remember my kids who I raised vegetarian, it was easy to keep them healthy when they were at home. The problems start once they go to school and all the other kids are eating the junk that you have right. the problem. And so, you know, if you can put yourself in a, um, a school or a community where you're sharing similar um, concerns and similar um, lifestyle ethics, it makes it much easier. Yeah, it does, for sure. Yeah, in in the free freehold like freehold community comes to mind. Freehold communities come to mind. It's a big major developer who develops communities all over the country, and they have a couple different agrihood properties. One is Miralon in outside of Palm Springs, actually in Palm Springs, California, and then they have another one Harvest. Uh, they have uh, one another one in Texas near the Hill Country. Um, and and we, 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 what you notice is that when they're putting that much money into building these types of neighborhoods, you know, they know that, you know, they've done their research. They're, they're on to, they're on to something. They're on to something right now. And, and they're going to see that tr- they see a trend coming. So if they see a trend coming, then what's going to happen is they're going to go ahead and continue that to uh, create supply for that demand. Uh-huh. You know, as a skeptic myself, um, you know, when I hear about developers doing it, you know, and doing many of them, you know, I always tell my listeners to follow the money, right? You know, yeah. if they're in it just for money, it's going to have a different vibe, I think, than if it's a group of people that start it organically, you know, that that, that come together with this idea, let's, let's chip in, let's buy some land together, let's build this from the ground up. Um, did you come across different feelings within the communities you saw? Were there some that were were started by individuals who had this, um, you know, grassroots um, commitment to life to a lifestyle that they wanted to build together, or were most of them from developers that were, you know, then selling the properties? Steve Nigren, um, the founder of Serenby. You know, he had a vision. His vision is pretty, pretty impressive. And you, you could tell when you visit Serenby that Steve's vision was part of his, part of that development. It was a feel. I mean, you, there's no doubt. There's no getting around that. You go, you walk in that, you drive through that community. Just look at the, I mean, you could look at our videos. Check out, a Ser- check out the Serenby video and then look at all the other videos. And not the other ones are less quality or just, just have a different feel. Um, they're more of a, I would say, more of a cookie cutter concept than Serenby is. Serenby is no, the complete opposite of cookie cutter concept, where the other ones, the other houses are, are unique in their own way. Uh, neighborhoods are ne- unique in their own way, but there's not the variety and the diversity that you're going to find in Serenby. So I hope that answers your question. If not, let me, let me know. Uh-huh. And um, so did you and Lena just pick one? Are you living on an agri-community now? 
you know, you know, people get, we get out every time we do an interview or talk to people, we say, so when did you decide on? And the funny part is, you know, we, we got to the point, I don't know if we, <laughs> if we saw, if we just want to keep the, keep going on the tours, we want, you know, keep traveling and looking at all of them. But this, about the time that we were sitting down seriously looking at to work and now where do we want to, where do we want to stay put? Where would we like to set up? Because Arizona for us was nice. Uh, we had, we were in a very nice neighborhood, but it was not an agro community. But the nice part about that was we traveled our, our, you know, our motor coach and it was nice that we could park that thing on the side of the house because we were in it four to six months at a time on the road with these cooking shows. Um, and a lot of these, a lot of the agrohoods we visited didn't offer that option. So that was a concern of ours because I don't want to take this thing and have to go to a storage unit and, and when, I, when we're using it on a regular basis. I mean, we had it plugged in. We have winter clothes going in and out of it there's a lot going into when you go on a tour or go out for six months at a time you have to really it's, it's a process so putting that thing next to the house was a concern of ours uh, another concern was where do we want to be uh, in in the in the part what part of the country would we like to see ourselves in uh, we we like west coast her and i really do like west coast funny enough we're in florida right now we sold the house in arizona and we're down here working with a corporate office who's based out of central Florida, but we're full-time in the RV right now, which means we can travel and still, and still see different parts of the country. You asked me a question about where do we want, where we would like to land. And about the time we're considering all that, COVID kind of came along and kind of put, put things on, on hold. The, the, the rest of the tour we plan on seeing, uh, they weren't up at running full capacity. So we didn't feel it was worth our trip to go out there at the time and do any type of filming or videos because a lot of the things they were doing were oper in operation. So we sat down and said, let, let, let's focus on right now. So right at the time, the housing market in Arizona was going nuts and still is. So we decided, let's, let's, let's take, a, take this opportunity right now, unload the house, and then decide from there, we don't wanna sell high and we don't wanna buy high. So we're sitting tight right now and deciding which way we want to, which, what we want to do next, kind of see what this market's going to do. Because everybody here is thinking, well, what is the market going to do now? Interest rates are going up. Is a war going on? Is it, a, is it the right time to buy? So right. there's a lot, of, a lot of unanswered questions right now that we're taking into consideration. And also there's more agri-hoods on our list that we wanted to see. So. And so you're living full-time in your RV? Yeah, we are. Yep, it's, it's the, uh, it's the hot home on wheels, as my, our, our son calls it. We go on tour. When he was born, when he started, just when he started able to talk, he says, "When are we going back on the road? When are we going back to the house with no wheels? <laughs> when are we going?" And we were when we were at the house, he'd say, "When are we going back on the house? Going back out in the house with wheels?" So the house with wheels is what we're in right now, uh, full time. Uh huh. Uh huh. And how old is your son now? He's seven. Cash is seven. So are you homeschooling him? Yes. Yeah, he's homeschooled with uh, a lot of extracurricular activities outside of that as well for socialization. Yeah, because I think, you know, if you're on the road, you kind of need to be able to do that because otherwise right. yep. you can't afford to miss all the school. Uh-huh. Yep. Wow. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, so when do you plan on starting your tour again? What's happened now uh, is that the corporate office has just built this uh, in-house kitchen studio for us uh, in here in Central Florida. So as reps, we were out. We were out in the field, like I said, four to six months at a time, doing those live cooking shows at different venues and trade shows around the country. 
And when COVID hit, that all came to a stop. So we kind of reassessed and said, well, what, do we really want to be on the road that much? And we got together with the corporate office. And now our new gig is here in Central Florida working at the corporate office. And they just finished, they sent me the pictures yesterday of the new kitchen studio that was just completed. So that's our, that's our focus right now is getting into that studio, getting these videos made and doing the online cooking show for, uh, for the world to see. And then, and, and, and at the same time, like I said, keep an eye on the real estate in the market and check out the different aggregates popping up around the country. Okay. There is one in Wellington, Florida that we wanted to see called Arden, A-R-D-E-N. Arden is supposed to be, is, is fantastic. And I believe that's another freehold community, which is a, a fantastic uh, aggregate property down there just outside of uh, Boca, not too far from Boca. Uh-huh. Another community in Florida that you might want to check out is called Kashi, the Kashi community. There, It's in Sebastian, Florida, near Vero Beach. Oh, is it it's really? Right on the, it's right on the Sebastian River. It's beautiful. Now, that one started very organically. I mean, it was, you know, and it's probably more like Serenby in that it's beautiful. Um, Kashi. But I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know if everyone has, you know, access to individual houses or I think a lot of times people purchase houses like across the street from the community and then you can go across to the community and they you know buy food communally and they um, cook communally and they have a big garden that they're doing a whole bunch of you know growing i had the um farmer from down there on my show a few years ago what's tell me how do you spell it i, I mean i think I've k-a-s-h-i kashi and then what else i'm, I'm, I'm checking it now kashi i'll check it out yeah, I know there yeah. was one down there was started. I, I, it sounds familiar, but the name, your, the way you describe it sounds very familiar, but the name itself didn't sound familiar. So that's why I was going to try to see what, uh -huh. what, what it looks like. Yeah, check it out. It's beautiful. I've been there numerous times. Um, where, where you know, and, you, it's in Sebastian. Oh, Sebastian. Sebastian. Okay. You know, okay. um, you know, so they have yoga classes and all those kind of wonderful things to plug into as well, which yeah. is really nice. Um, did did you find that some of the communities were more geared that way where they were more communal feeling and had yoga and had those kind of things or you know like i know austin texas is a cool town but the rest of texas always you know makes me nervous just because of you know politically where they stand um did you find that you know some of the communities were more left-leaning than others uh, I think that, yeah, I think that's going to be true no matter where you live. Um, I mean, it seems it's, I didn't really, to be honest with you, we really didn't get dig too deep into that. And it wasn't a factor for us. Um, I'm, we just, we never really crossed our minds. And so I never noticed, took particular notice of any of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's a big thing. If you, you know, if you're thinking about where you want to settle, um, you know, if people care about sustainability, you have to take you have to follow that all the way across right it's not just yeah. in your food it's also in your energy usage and um you know you think of texas i think of you know mass oil drilling and all that money that comes from oil and you know it's challenging right. it's challenging uh, you know willis willisford another property Willisford actually comes to mind as too comes to mind as well, and that's out there in the in the west in the east coast, uh, not too far. It's out there in Virginia. Willisford, it's out in Loudoun County, not too far from the Potomac River. 
uh -huh. Potomac River. Near, near DC? Yeah. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. I put a little, uh, you know, not too far from Jackie, you know, Jackie Kennedy spent a lot of hours, you know, horseback riding loud, loud in the countryside. Uh -huh. So it's, it's, it's me. It's, an, it's a lot of, a lot of, I did find there's a lot more, obviously a lot more historical, a lot more history. You know, obviously when you go to, when you go to an agro community like, like Willisford, than if you went to one in Texas. Uh-huh. And so tell me a little bit about these cooking shows you do. As a chef, that certainly intrigues me. What kind of cooking are you doing? Is it, well, is, you know, are the cooking uh, shows just to, sh to show off the cookware? It is, or... yeah, and, and to say chef, I'd take that as a compliment, but you know, uh, never had any formal training. My, my mother's side, is, I have some Sicilian grandmother came, my great grandma came from Sicily. Grandma obviously was Sicilian 100%. And I learned a lot as a kid. I enjoyed uh, the passion of cooking. I, I, used, I used it as an outlet. I used it more as a hobby than I did a career. Um, uh -huh. I never, I, I talked to, had friends who were in the restaurant business who they said, you know, yeah, it's a different lifestyle. You're married to that restaurant. You, you, it's not, it's a whole different game. So I, I never really had an interest in, in pursuing it as a full-time chef because I, the hours had never appealed to me, you know, living there. I same, always wanted same to here. It. Same here. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the, the cookware itself, I'm a representative. My wife and I are representatives of, of, of kitchen craft cookware. Um, and kitchen craft cookware is 100% American made out uh, out there in West Bend, Wisconsin, which is, uh, you know, the cookware cap was the waterless cookware capital of the world for many years in the early 1900s and up until, you know, oh, until until things started going overseas. Well, the owner of our company decided, look, it, we're not going to, we're not, this product of ours is not going to be going overseas. We're going to keep it American. So he built uh, an American factory in West Bend, Wisconsin. That's where this cookware comes from. Uh-huh. And what type of cookware is it? It's a uh, vapor seal waterless cookware. You can, if you just put in water, waterless cookware, waterless cookware, it's, it's out there. It's kitchen craft, kitchen craft cookware, luster craft cookware, and AmeriCraft cookware, healthy gourmet what is cookware. Water, what does waterless mean? I don't, I've never heard that term, so waterless way, cookware. Well, the way the cookware is constructed, uh, the layers of high quality material, the metal they use, allows you to cook those vegetables um, in their own natural moisture instead of, you know, how we boil or steam. There's not much difference if you, if you think about it, if you do the research. So waterless cooking means you can just take those vegetables and uh, put, them in a, put them in one in a saucepan, put them on low heat. Now the trick is you want to use low heat because, you know, we're so used to cooking high and, and want it done yesterday. So low heat, let it go, low and slow, medium to low is all you need to know. <laughs> and let those veggies simmer a little bit. And uh, it's all natural. Not, everything, all the, all the nutritional values left in them, but rather, rather than going down the drain. So you don't, you don't use any oil. You just put it on a low heat. No. In the yeah, it depends, on what, depends on what you're cook, Depends on what you're cooking. Now, people ask me, does it stick? That's the first question we get: is does it stick? And I say, well, it's not the black coated cookware that's going to scratch and has potential harm. You know that, like, like like the uh, toxicity of those black pans once you scratch them. There's a lot of controversy around that. I don't need to get into that because we all know you've heard that. But this is a high-quality stainless product. So you're going to – I personally like avocado. Uh, has a flash point of 500, cooking point of 500 degrees. Then you have your coconut oil and you have your uh, olive oil. Um, so I like a healthy oil. You know, I personally use healthy oil when I cook. Uh, uh -huh. If you want to use ghee, ghee, that's fine. Uh, if you don't want to use any oil, then you would just, depends on what you're cooking, substitute the oil uh, for a lower heat. Uh-huh. 
your eggs. I mean, we, you know, my Melina likes cooking eggs, and uh, I've never done it. She does it all. She does it a lot. She does hard-boiled eggs in no water. She puts a she puts a uh, damp paper towel inside the one quart saucepan, puts her eggs inside there, sets it on low, and her eggs are done. So, if you want to learn more about that, there's a, the website is actually called yeah kitchencraft kitchencraftcookware.com, or just go to waterlesscookware.com. Either one takes you to the same place. Uh -huh. So I saw on your website, you and your wife also have your own podcast. Tell me about that. Yeah, you know, when it started off, you know, everything, everything, everything starts off at a, at, a, at a starting point. We started that, at, we started that podcast off as interviews with, with our tour. So I'd gather the interviews up and, and post those interviews on our website. So that the, the, the AgriHood Radio was the name of it. And the YouTube channel called Agrihood TV, and that those interviews were geared towards our tour. You know, basically everything, everywhere we went, I like to get somebody on somebody's feedback. And and if you go out, there's one that we interviewed some some residents. Yeah. Of the, of, the, of the community, you know, that uh -huh. was neat. And how many Agrihood communities are there in our country? Uh, you know what? I have. I'm gonna completely. I don't know. I have no clue. There, I'm sure there's 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 new ones popping up all the time. So how many did you visit? Twenty one. Twenty one. Twenty yeah. Um, twenty one properties. Seven thousand miles in eleven months. So twenty one seven eleven. Seven eleven twenty one. Seven thousand uh -huh. miles. Twenty one properties. Eleven months. And you know the one I was talking about is Auburn Springs. Uh, that's on our, all these all the all of them are on our website. Auburn Springs is one where I actually got the chance got a chance to interview some of the residents of the uh, of the community. They were just so generous with their time and, and just wanted to share their experience. I say, look, maybe we're here visiting. You know, when I get back, when I get set up, do you mind if I get back in touch with you and talk to you about how your experience has been with the with the um, Living by living here, and they said, "Not by all means. Let us, you know, I'll be we'd be glad to talk to you about it." So, Auburn Springs. You want to hear from somebody who's actually living in a community like that? Just go to agrohoodliving.com, click on the feature communities, and there's uh, interviews, podcast. Well, uh huh. Yeah, it's, it's a wealth of information. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to ask you: Is this movement um, happening around the world? Are there agrohood communities in other countries? Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, Oceanside Farms is one in Oceanside Farms is out there. Oceanside Farms. We get contacts from all over the all over the country and all over the world. Ecuador has one. Oceanside Oceanside Farm Residents. I mean, Ecuador has a luxury agrohood a luxury agrohood community in Ecuador. So we reached out to them. They reached out to us. They found us, and we went to their site, and we were just blown away about how, how beautiful that property is. And nice, interesting about that property is that those people who go there, that's their second home. And those homes are, you know, <laughs> you just go to, go to, just go to oceansidefarms.com. You'll see what I'm talking about. For a second home, it's pretty impressive. Uh-huh. I did go, I did peek at that one when you, when we yeah. spoke earlier. It uh -huh. was it, ama amazing, amazing. Yeah. Um, it's it's you know, like you're on vacation, right? Look at these places. Right. Yeah, right. And to, right on the ocean. You, you, you're fish to table, uh, ocean to table. You got, uh -huh. You're not too far from the Galapagos Island. Uh, it, it, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so 
you, you at this point you don't think you're going to be moving to one. You kind of are. Well, no, it's not that we won't be. It's just not right now. In our opinion, now is not the, now is not the time to buy a house. You know, the prices are so high right now. Like I said, we did very well in Arizona with ours, but to go, to sell high, we we have a home on wheels. You know, house on wheels is uh-huh. fully functional. It has everything you need in it right now. Everything we need. Um, so we're gonna sit tight in it. And do you be surprised? I mean, more how many people are doing this? You know, we we were in Lake Tahoe for two summers and got to talking to some people, and they said we're full time. We're full time. Kids outside, every full time. Wow, what a movement. People are just I mean on you away. mean talking about on the road. Yeah. Living house on yeah, wheels. Yeah, house on wheels. Sold the uh-huh. sold the especially especially that market's screaming hot right now. You can double up, you know, and make a you know, bankroll the house and get yourself a nice rig. And more and more people are doing that these days. And the park rat right now is completely full. And the ones we came from are completely full because it's a huge trend. Uh-huh. Yeah, I bet it is. Mm-hmm. I bet it is. Nice way to see the world. I experienced an rv only once at burning man oh. <laughs> and uh, and i was <laughs> glad i had an rv have you you've heard of burning man oh yeah 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 yep. yeah yeah out there in the desert that, that's that's yeah. real hardcore that's hardcore rving well I, I was the chef for a community at burning man um oh, nice. one summer and it was really really fun but i was glad that i had the rv to be in it definitely gave me a little bit of um a home on wheels so it right. was good Yep. Um, so what else? Tell me anything else about our agrohood community that I have not covered. Um, we have a little bit of time left. What okay. other aspects of it really? This is, per, this, is this, this really caught us off guard and was a surprise to us. The whole idea, I started this conversation with my, my experience of watching Serenby, the segment on CBS Sunday morning. And then uh-huh. that farm and table lifestyle really got my attention. I couldn't shake it. So when we started going to these communities and asking more about the farms. Funny enough, we were, we were in Florida. I'm sorry, we were in California. We were in, a, in one of the properties out there and we started talking to one of the, some of the residents and the couple had, we asked them, how do you like living in an agrohood? And they had said, what, what do you mean? What's an agrohood? Well, so, well, so well, you guys are living here in Asensia, which is an agri, you know, farm to table community with a farm. And they said, Oh, we just like that. We, we were looking for a house and we just liked the house. And, we thought it was a great neighborhood and close to Disneyland and had great accessibility and great neighborhood. We didn't even really realize that there, that we didn't, we didn't even, I guess, realize that aspect of this community. So, uh-huh. and then we started digging a little deeper, not with them, but as I traveled, I would start, start talking to the developers and that farm, you know, even though it was a, a highlight, it can also be a challenge because at the same time, people can only, I guess, handle so much butternut squash or yellow squash or cabbage in a week right so if you're part of that co-op how much cabbage do you really need and how much yellow squash do you really want you know and, and for, so the that was a fine line so the variety i think is what they're trying to tweak is like what can we offer because once you grow that once you plant that seed and grow that crop your that crop is, is is out there now so does do the neighbors really want all this all these vegetables on a regular basis so that was a challenge i i heard a couple of those developers not all of them so i guess the uh-huh. ones who had the bigger the ones who had the bigger farms and more variety are the ones who were having more success with it and they were taking those vegetables to the 
to sell those vegetables to also outsourcing to local restaurants and maybe going sure. to farmers market outside the you know community and going to farmers markets so I, I think what i was recognizing is that the more of a variety you have the more people will be attracted to the whole concept and not just you limit yourself to a certain you know a, a low number of vegetables then right. i don't think that would be as highly as, as attractive as if you have a more of a variety right well again that's what i was talking about as you know how each community is formed would play into that if it's more of a communal thing where many people have their um say in what you're growing and how you're growing it and people are putting their hands into the soil too you have mm -hmm. much more likely to have diversity in right. the crops you're growing um if you know someone's doing it just for you know trying to make a quick buck they're going to do what grows fast and what's easy and you know not necessarily um you know what everybody wants to eat all the time on their table so i think yeah. you know being in a community where you have input and you are really a part of the farm is something i would look for if i was to move into a community like that you know Olivet, really you know, of that comes in, not, now that you're saying that all of that out Asheville, North Carolina, beautiful part of the country, Olivet is on our site as well. And that was neat because there was walking paths with fruit trees along the walking paths. So if you want to pick a plum along your walk, it was, it was fresh to, you know, it was fresh and, and organic and, and it was safe to eat. And that was a nice variety to have, not just the farm, but have those walking, the walking trees through the, the walking paths through the fruit trees. Right. Which is, well, that's the whole what, thing. If you, depending on where you are and the, and the climate, you know, um, so many of these communities, I think, are really going towards permaculture, you know, trying to plant things that are regenerative on their own, that you don't have to plant every year, whether it's the avocado trees and all the fruit trees and, um, you know, papaya and mango, you know, and you can only do that if you're, you know, in a climate where um, you can do that, obviously. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was a great experience. You know, it's something that I, like I said, I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody else out there who had the opportunity. And at the time we did it, I was thinking to myself, when, if not now, when? You know, if not, if I don't, we don't pull. If we don't do this Sounds now, awesome. Uh -huh. You know, it was just a great experience, and it's always going to be there. And we're just getting feedback from all, not only the country but from the world. It's 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 been really neat. It's been a lot a lot of fun, and uh, it's been great sharing our experience. Even though we haven't really been out there in a couple of years that website still drawing a lot of attention and we're getting a lot of uh, responses and replies and questions and, you know, requests. And it's kind of neat how this whole yeah. internet thing works. It, it really is. Well, I want to thank you for um, bringing that to so many people's attention because I think it is a movement that is going to grow. Um, I think it has such potential. Let's get rid of these golf courses and put farms everywhere. Um, it, it's much healthier for the planet. So, Brett, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been awesome. And um, good luck to wherever you decide to go. Check out the Kashi community in Florida. I think you'll be very impressed. They have a yeah. great permaculture thing going on there. That um, sounds awesome. Hey, we appreciate the invite. Thanks for having us. If you have any other questions, feel free to reach out, email, text, or phone. And we'll gladly respond any way we can. Thank you. And everyone listening, I've been talking with Brett Coleman from AgriLiving dot com agrihoodliving.com and um you've been listening to bavani and i agree i'll see you all again next week have a great rest of the week and bye for now